Hello, welcome to Journey into an Unknown World. I'm Professor Margaret Rogers Van Koops, and what I'd like to talk to you today about RNA. And what I'd like you to understand is that there are essentially a variety of biological roles in the coding and decoding and regulation and expression of genes and that your RNA is very important in the way that it interacts with your DNA, allowing you nucleic acids that you have within your body, and there are many, many of them, to work along with lipids, proteins, carbohydrates, uh, to constitute a very major change in the essential way that you formulate your life, the way you do things, the way you think, the way you feel. So the RNA actually is responsible in many ways biochemically for a chain reaction into the DNA that allows you to make the choices that you make. So what stimulates the RNA is basically your emotional, mental attitude towards yourself and the people and the things that you do. But what is the difference between the RNA and the DNA? Well, basically the DNA has a double strand which entwine with one another, forming a helix whereas the RNA has a single strand which can bend back on itself, appearing to look like two strands entwined, but in actual fact is only one string of polypeptides that are in some way united, working for you throughout your life. And the interesting thing that, as a medium that I'm able to do here, is to take something that scientists work on for hours, years, trying to prove the point that the RNA actually affects the DNA. And of course, there are many different types of biochemical structures that the RNA can move into and integrate with the DNA. So what I wanted to actually talk to you today about is taking care of yourself and being aware how important your RNA is. So I'm going to tell you what my spirit guides told me many, many years ago. When I was a little child, I was very much aware of my independence and my ability to think for myself, make choices for myself. I was very strong and independent in my abilities to deal with World War II because that's what I was born into. Whereas my sister, who came after the war ended, was quite reversed for me. She was laid back. She liked to play with her dolls and live in a world of fantasy and imagination. Uh, for example, she was following the rabbit down the hole in Alice in Wonderland. Me? I was out there playing bows and arrows with the boys, climbing trees, doing whatever I could do that in some way was very physical. So what is my point here? My point is how can two children born of the same parents 
coming together at a time of emotional or mental trauma during a war to create one baby and then coming together after a war ended to make another baby. What's the difference? A whole new mindset. For example, my mother during the first trimester was very much aware that she was a cripple and that any idea of going to live in the north of England for her was just too far and too much trouble and too much pain to go away. So her attitude was, if a V1 bomb drops on me and I'm wiped out with the baby I'm carrying, then that's okay. I'd sooner go out with a bang than could put myself through a lot of trauma. Whereas when my father came home from the war and my sister turned up, my mother was feeling much more secure. She had dad there to support her. Though times were hard and many men returning from the war did not have the jobs that they were supposed to come back to, there was a rule that even if there were no vacancies, that the company they worked for had to take them on and give them employment. So my dad, who was fully qualified at university, came back to having a job as a postboy. What did the postboy do? He had to collect all the post, uh, organize it, sort it out, take it around to the different departments, and in that way get to know the employees and what they were doing, and hopefully in time get put back into a job that was worthwhile in having, making more money. So there's my setup. And there's my sister's setup. And yet we were entirely different because of this influence of the outside circumstances that our parents were going on. So let me go before pregnancy. Let me go back in time and say that, that in falling in love with my father, my mother not knowing that there was going to be a war or hoping there wasn't going to be a war trusted within her heart and soul that she was going into a marriage where her man would be stable beside her and who would take great care of her and nurture her and live a normal happy married life. It didn't happen, did it? Instead, dad gets shipped off to uh, foreign parts to fight the war. Um, once in a while a letter would arrive from him saying that he was fine and alive but not able to say where he was and so her life was a lonely life and the only real contacts that she had were her family, her mom around the corner and her greatest school friends and that was it because she couldn't walk very far. When my sister arrived, she was able to go to the church. She was able to join in many events that happened at the church, parochial concerts, and she was able to get more buses because there was gas now in the country. She was able to get more food to feed us because there was now more food coming back into the country. And so you could see that there was a complete different mindsets within my mother's consciousness during her pregnancy. Now, I want you to take that example into your life. You may be born much later in life. You may have only been born 20 years ago. And so you can see that this world has changed tremendously since I was born to a child who's born today. And as we 
as humans, have to learn a great deal about the way the world is. It is very important for each of us to, in some way, be able to adapt to circumstances and process those circumstances both emotionally and mentally in a way that is very individual. So this is where the RNA comes in. The whole point of the energy of the RNA is to be able to use all the enzymes and the proteins and all the things that we put in our body that are good for us to help our nervous system to integrate with our muscular system to allow us to emotionally and mentally respond in some way to the circumstances that are going on around us. And here I want to say that it is very interesting and has been studied that when you have a family completely present in a situation with circumstances that are traumatic going on versus non-traumatic things, that each individual in both situations that was tested, questioned, put on machinery to see their impulse responses in terms of audio, in terms of heart, in terms of muscular memory, idiomotor responses and so on, which we can now do with the brain with CAT scans and MRIs and so on. But back in the time when I was a child, there was none of that. So we didn't have anyone actually knowing what was going on with the brain in those days. And so me being a small child and being a medium and downloading and learning from spirit guides was actually hearing how biochemically the brain was supported by the emotional stimulations that were going on outside of the body. Now, today, we have computers, we have technology, we have a tremendous amount of research that has gone on, and we have finally come to realize all those things that I was learning as an 8, 9, 10-year-old child, that there was a catalyst to help us decide when we make a choice as to how we perceive what is going on around us, and according to that perception, to interact react, respond in some way, either negative or positively, that will cause us to see the world from our eyes, with our ears listening, with our sensory perception of energy coming at us, with our physical ability to touch. We were actually saying to ourselves, I feel different from someone else. I'm aware that I'm different from someone else. While I may agree that what I saw is the same, my ideomotor response, emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually, has a different dynamic from my sister. And everyone else in their families would also be saying, I have a different dynamic point of view in the way that others work out things. And so the enigma has been with the RNA over time that nobody quite knows how the biochemistry works with the RNA to influence the DNA so that we, on an emotional level, move our bodies through cellular neuromuscular memory. 
Now, I did a show on this before, but this time I want to be a little bit more into the positive side. Instead of talking about how all the things have gone wrong in our lives and going over and over the memories of what was done to us emotionally, mentally, physically and spiritually, which causes our DNA to retard many of the creative aspects that we have inherited to come to a point of realizing that we need to tap into our spiritual self. Now here at this point, I want to take a break and say, I have many books on the market. And I would like, if you wouldn't mind, to go to easytimepublishing.com, where all my books are, or to sumariscenter.com and see there the books that I have and come to understand that if you read one book, then you'll eventually want to read them all because obviously I cannot put all the ideas of everything that I know and understand and have learned from the oneness into one book. A very long time ago, I remember them telling me that Jesus was made outside of the womb and that the fertilized egg was put into Mary's womb. At that time in those days, when I sort of told the adults, they looked at me as though I was completely insane. And it was many, many years later, when I was in my late 20s, no, I think I'm later, 30s, that they actually made the first test tube baby, as they called her. And uh, as a result, we did some research on the potentials of knowing what the mother and father was like and on the astrology, a date and time of birth and I'm happy to say that everything that we recorded at that time came to pass when she was interviewed at a later date. We could see as an adult that she had developed characteristics of her family but she had a different point of view on everything that her family had told her and was in her own way a radical. Well she started out life as a radical being made outside of the womb, mixing her father's sperm and and her mother's uh, egg to produce the, the life form, which was then put in the womb. And today, we don't think twice about that. In fact, we have many mothers who are made pregnant who don't even know the fathers of their babies. They just want to be a single married parent. So here I want you to realize that if you are having a problem with your family, it's not unusual for this to happen. In fact, it's very normal for this to happen because your DNA is interactive with your RNA biochemically in order to give you minute little explosions, impulses of energy that cause you to come up with your point of view of what is happening to your body during the time that trauma is taking place or during the time that exquisite delight is happening such as a birthday. And because each one of us works individually, biochemically, in terms of sorting out what is happening around us, we are diametrically opposed in many different ways. For example, physically. You could be standing in one part of the room while your sister is standing in another. Now, what if your sister is a twin? 
she's standing across the room from where you're standing, her point of view of looking at the circumstances is entirely different from your point of view where you're standing. So that in itself is an anatomical difference. The second thing to be aware of in an anatomical difference is the fact that you might be standing on one leg propping up against a wall whereas she's falling over and on the floor. So the physicality of what happens to your responses is another diametric change in the way that you see things that are going on. Now, let's say your sister has fallen and you're, you're staggering against the wall. Either way, you're both in trauma. But the way your body hits the wall versus the floor and the pains that come as a result of tapping yourself or banging yourself dramatically against something is in a different spot on your body. So this also gives you a different moment of marking your body with pain and that pain is also marked again with the emotional trauma of the circumstances that's going on. So one of you may have much more pain than the other and therefore have a more emotional, painful response to the situation, whereas the other may be uh, more about finding balance and not hurting self, but rather trying to stand tall and strong in the circumstances, meaning that their biochemistry is using different enzymes around the body in order to stay in control, whereas the other twin is on the floor floundering around out of control. So given time and recovery to the circumstances that happened when the trauma took place, one begins to load through the RNA familiar circumstances that seem similar to that one time. Over a period of events, and there would be many of them, in fact thousands of them throughout your life as you mature, you will add to that original primary circumstances where there was trauma and as you add more trauma to more trauma over time the one that fell down on the floor is more likely to end up with something very seriously wrong in later in life i.e. an illness a disease while the other who was more in control is more likely to end up with mental discourses arguments uh, a feeling of rejection or acceptance only when doing something to try and save the day. Again, there are thousand and one ways a person can think about dealing with trauma versus a thousand and one ways that one can roll into the trauma and repeat the pattern many, many times. And as a result of the RNA affecting the DNA, what comes up is ancestral memories. So let me tell you about me for a minute. I was a child that took responsibility. My mother being ill, bombs dropping all the time. It was inevitable that I was going to grow up with an independent coding. Born for that time, during that time, my astrology was powerful and strong in terms of family and the unit 
but not powerful and strong for going out in the world to save the world. In other words, in astrology, all my planets were in the lower half with only a diametrical higher self consciousness logged into my different aspects of my astrology. I haven't got it in front of me right now, but I'll say it this way. I have Taurus rising and I have Scorpio opposing that on the other end. And so we've got a line going across laterally and then I've got a line coming down from my ascension or my ascendance, which is in Aquarius, which is futuristic versus my Cancer, which is family, which is home, which is hearth. So over my life, I had to learn to come out of trying to get my family to nurture me, to move into a dynamic of self-independence where I could choose my life and do the things that I wanted to do in my future. So what was that? Well, for me, it was to become a spiritual leader. And so throughout my life, coming through the back door, because back in those days, the only religions and philosophies were very tight and restricted with rituals, routines, and so on, to break away into a metaphysical consciousness of being able to meditate and listen to spirit guides and to tell people who then said, hey, you must be insane talking to the devil. And still later, when people came around to, I want proof of life, of survival after death, and there my mediumship bounced off into the world and people accepted me. And from there into the teacher of knowing and becoming known the teacher of mediums. And from there coming into my healing work because of my nursing work, my psychology work, my psychiatry work, and my mediumship and listening to spirit guides. And so I evolved independently of anyone at all. During the years that I was evolving and growing, I learned that there were many other psychics around who were quick to be in competition. My psychic skill is better than your psychic skill. Yet at the same time I would hear the older medium saying, we need young blood, we need new youngsters to come into this environment and show the world that there is more to the psychic ability. I was keen, I was ready, I was hot to trot. I went out and I offered my services and people looked at me and said, you're 24, what can you know of life? You've got to be at least 60 before you can be a medium. I was devastated. Take a deep breath now and think to yourself, how many times in your life did you feel whatever your skill was, whatever your talent was, that someone was saying, you're a forerunner, you're, you're a pioneer, you're too soon, or you're crazy, or you're not able to do the things that you want to do. It's impossible. Look at computers. Look at people who first invented it back in the 1940s. Great big holes in bits of paper to what we have today where we can just speak to our computer and it records it all for us like I'm doing right now. All these things that have evolved through life have evolved because our RNA has stimulated in many ways through our DNA pulling on the pioneer quality of our ancestors to become a pioneer in this time 
to go out into the world with a different point of view on history. To say of history that what was is out of date. We need something new. To say of times, for example, Americans hold very strongly to the foundings of the beginners, of studying, of pulling politics together to make something that would stand the test of time to allow us to be free, to speak our minds and vote and be independent. And yet we look back and we see the restrictions, the black versus the white, the native versus the French, whichever time period you look at, the Germans versus the British, the Russians now and Vietnam. And then we look at what happened with Yemen and now we look at what's happening with Israel. Have we learned? Yes. Have we instigated change? Yes. But have we found a way to unify all the differences that we are and come together and honor and respect one another? Well, the answer to that obviously is no. And I want you to understand that when you think about how similar we are black, white, pink, blue, purple, it doesn't matter what color we are. Inside, we all have an RNA running that is our individual way of making choices. And the DNA is the blessing that we have inherited from our ancestors who have been in trials and tribulations not just for the last 200 years but for thousands of years. Know that we have been genetically engineered to be here. Know that aliens have genetically worked on us throughout time to help us evolve to this point of awareness in our time. So let me end this in saying to you if you are sick, if you are ill, you've allowed your RNA to individually focus on what was bad throughout your life. And in doing that, you have caused your DNA to go awry. You have biochemically caused your body to go wrong. But it's never too late. Because I have researched over the years that if I change my point of view, if I worked on bringing my RNA online to support my DNA, then the biochemistry of my entire body is rejuvenating, revitalizing. When I was 35, I was told I had Parkinson's disease. There wasn't a test that we have today. I cannot prove or disprove it, but I can tell you that I had a locked hip, I had shaking neck, I had trembling arms, I was a mess, and I bioclinically died. But when I came back, I came back with this knowledge that I had to deprogram myself of all the negativity, all the history that I had learned to believe and accept from my parents. 
I had to learn to deprogram all the information that I had heard and learned from my grandparents on both sides. I didn't have the fortune of knowing a third generation back in time because they'd all died. But I had the fortune of listening to my spirit guides. And so when I returned to this earth and to this life, I brought with me the knowledge and the wisdom that I share today with you on this radio show. I would like to ask you to share Journey into an Unknown World on Web Talk Radio with anyone and everyone you meet. Please do me that favor in forwarding the link. I will put the link below this so that you can copy it and paste it and share it. And when you do, please make a comment that this will help an individual to get better, to recover from illness and disease, to find a new point of view in the way you see the world, to heal, regenerate, and rejuvenate not only you, but this world that you live in. There is a new generation coming into this world now. They are highly psychic. They are highly prepared to regenerate and rejuvenate this world. Be one of the pioneer parents to help your child prepare for this world that they're going to live in. Give them the positive attitudes. Support them every day of your life and let them know that there are people out there like me that can help them. So yet again, please say to your child, listen to Journey into an Unknown World on Web Talk Radio and go to YouTube and find all my videos there. It's www.youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Dr. Margaret, DR Margaret. So thank you for listening to Journey into an Unknown World and I'm grateful that you're going to share this with everyone you meet. Thank you so much. Be well. Goodbye.